Hi, everyone, and welcome back to BT Insights. I'm uh, Dean Tyler, the head of global markets here at Bank Trust. And uh, BT Insights is our weekly stroll around emerging markets. Uh, so this week, what's been going on? Market continues to stay pretty firm into what was uh, effectively the end of the first half of the year. It's been a good, uh, good half of the year for EM credit across the board, pretty much. Uh, plenty of new issues knocking around as well as we've got into the close of the of the second quarter. A few caught our eye. Exim in Turkey did a, a 2026 issue. Anadolu and FS uh, Anadolu FS the uh, the brewery has also did a new issue as well with a 2028. A couple of new issues from Mongolia, and uh, also the Eastern and Southern African Development Bank uh, PTA. They they did a, a new issue as well. All of them did pretty well. Um, slightly up on the uh, up on new issue prices so it looks like syndicates did a decent job of pricing that accurately and then just in the last uh, 24 hours and we're recording this on thursday uh, we've had uh, cameroon uh, in euros and senegal in euros cameroon uh, again seems to be hovering nicely around re-offer uh, senegal though uh, off about a point point and a half really um, no real explanation for it uh, talking to investors it's much more really just a little bit of uh, oversaturation of the market as i say there's been plenty of new issuance in the last week so i'm sure that will probably recover over the next couple of weeks or so Anyway, uh, something else uh, I'd like to talk about today, and we have Ramiro on the line, Ramiro Bloodsquez, who runs our economic research department over down in uh, in, in Buenos Aires. Uh, Ramiro, can you hear me, sir? Yes, Dean. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you again. Yeah, you too, mate. Always a pleasure. Now, something that we've noticed continually on the desk again, and I know we've talked to Tushin briefly a couple of weeks ago, is uh, the Venezuela and Hedavesa curves. We definitely continue to see renewed interest uh, from investors. Plus, there's uh, more and more news in the uh, in the news, well, news wires about it. Um, are we getting closer, do you think, to some sort of relaxation of sanctions? And um, what conditions uh, do you think would need to be met for this to actually happen? Well, that's a great question. I think in short that the answer would be yes. But on the other hand, let me warn you that at least in my view, this does not mean we are on the verge of a full resolution of the Venezuelan drama. It could still be the beginning, though. So this is really encouraging. So let me summarize uh, this for you in a couple of uh, words. Uh, Last Friday, the US, uh, Canada and um, um, the the US, the European Union and Canada sent a joint statement in which the U.S. seems to have moderated its stance siding with uh, the EU and Canada. So on top of this, they have also uh, in this communique drafted some clear metrics for uh, a relaxation of sanctions, which is basically a deal with the opposition on guarantees for free uh, regional elections that are scheduled for next November. Um, The opposition still is very divided, but the point is that even in spite of this, they need to participate in the elections since they, I think that they are aware that they have a very dubious legitimacy claim at this point. It definitely seems to me like Maduro's serious here, right? He's he's moving forward, he's giving guarantees for for proper transparent elections. Well, this week, uh, he, uh, Maduro removed the ban on the participation of the opposition coalition known as the Round Table of Democratic Unity, which is the, uh, the in, English, in Spanish, the acronym is MUD. 
Uh, and he also eliminated the system of protectorates, uh, which is a system by which there were some kind of uh, protectors appointed in the regions that where the opposition had won in order to oversee development. So it was kind of a control in terms of the, these uh, uh, opposition-led regions. Um, on the other hand, I think that there is a very low likelihood of a united opposition ticket, but still, even in this case, I think that the opposition has a true incentive to participate in the elections. As I said before, I think their uh, 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 legitimacy claims have waned recently. And also Chavismo needs uh, some softening of, of the sanctions. So there, there are incentives on all parts to hold these elections. Yeah, I, I hear you. And, and and obviously, I think the US is starting to realize that sanctions are really not achieving what they would really ideal and uh, like to see achieved. Uh, I presume, though, as far as easing of sanctions, we're really only talking about an easing of foreign trade sanctions initially, not financial sanctions, etc. So any idea on, on timing of that? Well, if the elections are scheduled for November, I think that we should expect a deal no later than September or October. Right. But, but the opposition still, as you say, it's very divided. Uh, so, so what would come after the election? So let me uh, uh, walk you through how I think this process unfolding. I think that this election uh, could be a good starting point to start thinking about resolving this political deadlock. Uh, and this is because essentially I think that there is a very good chance that uh, moderates emerge out of the election, given that you have a widespread discredit in society of both the hawks in the opposition and of Chavismo. Mm -hmm. So. Essentially, the, the, the way I see that is that you need moderation of the opposition to pave the way to a transition, because otherwise uh, Chavismo will not relinquish power. If you take a look at what happened in the most recent democratic transitions, uh, both in the region and, for instance, in Europe, in Spain, uh, it was uh, uh, necessary for this to happen to grant some kind of amnesty to the outgoing authorities. Um, so this specifically was the case in Spain and Chile. And I think it will definitely not be different in Venezuela. That makes sense. I mean, I, yeah, one guy, no, I mean, him and his advisors, they're, they're clearly not the ones to lead this process though, right? Well, I think so. They have failed in, in staging a coup d'etat against Maduro and mm -hmm. uh, also they, they, are, they are basically not ready to acknowledge the de facto authority of Maduro, which other members of the opposition, uh, more, presumably more Davis, such as former presidential, two-time presidential candidate Enrique Capriles, said that uh, he, was be, he would be willing to acknowledge this, which is required by Chavismo to move forward with the transition. So my point is that uh, these elections will probably, in, I think that it's very likely that they will empower a new and more moderate leadership that could be willing to compromise with Chavismo. And this is, I think, the necessary condition for the transition to, to take place eventually. But, uh, what does all this mean for Bonzo? That's the, that's the key question, right? Yeah, yeah I understand. <laughs> so I, I really think that this restructuring is, not, is going to take time. And not only because of the humanitarian crisis, but because uh, I think that there is an underlying economic uh, cause for this, which is the fact that we don't actually know how much the Venezuelan economy is really worth. Uh, my view is that we have an undershooting, a severe undershooting of dollar GDP currently. Uh, and if you take a look at what has been the historical value of dollar GDP in Venezuela, it has never fallen below $100 billion at uh, current prices until recently, and it is now, according to our estimates, at around $30 billion. 
So uh, the, the bottom line is that I think there is potential for a relatively fast recovery of dollar GDP to at least $100 billion. And this has clear implications for the recovery value. $30 billion. Every time I see that type of data, it's just tragic. It really is. Uh, uh, but Venezuela's debt is $126 billion, I think, last time I, I saw it. Outstanding, of which $73 billion is really corresponds to bonds from either the sovereign itself or from PDVSA. So it's surely very unlikely there's going to be any substantial relief on any non-bond debt component. That's That's my view, right? Yes, I think it's correct because mostly those uh, liabilities are made up of bilateral debts and mm-hmm. Ch- Chinese debt, which is very uh, like very difficult to obtain a, a debt relief. So, um, if we use as a basis of our calculation a dollar GDP of one hundred billion, so if, if we if we target a, a, a post restructuring debt to GDP ratio of eighty percent, we would need we would be looking at a sixty five percent haircut. So roughly speaking, the recovery value would be around 30, 35 cents on the dollar. It is true this is at the lower end of the recent restructures, taking into account mostly Argentina 2005. But Mm -hmm. this is well above where Venezuelan paper is trading at the moment. Yeah, that's true. So it really is just a matter of timing, I suppose, when it looks at this trade, plus obviously uh, trade restrictions, um, U.S., uh, investors obviously cannot be involved in in, in, in investing in, in Venezuela PDVSA paper uh, at the current time, and and as you say, look at where the paper's trading right now. Um, let's give you yes, the, the, the listeners some context. Uh, uh, even with the recent upticks, we're still seeing PDVSA curve pretty much around the four and a half to five and a half cents on the dollar is where it's trading apart from the the sitgo bonds obviously which um, the, which is the pedabase of 20s they're much more in the mid to high 20s cents in the dollar and the venezuela curve is uh, let's say 10 and a half to 11 and a half cents uh, right now uh, that's, that's certainly where we're trading them so um yeah Interesting story. Again, it's about timing, and uh, and but the, the, I agree with you. There's definitely been a change in in the air, and and it sounds like and looks like the investor base, uh, specifically here in Europe, uh, who, who can actually act on this type of information, and and actually down in Latin America as well, are are, are sensing a change in the wind, and, and 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 that explains the increased activity that we've seen without a doubt in the last three or four weeks. Ramiro, as always, thank you so much for your insights. Much appreciated. Um, I'm actually taking a break for a couple of weeks. Hurrah, as long as uh, the <laughs> government don't change the green list on me one more time. So Angelo Stagno will be taking over to, uh, to, to host a podcast for the next couple of weeks. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you digest your podcast. And also do follow us on Twitter. Thoroughly recommend it. The Twitter account is very active from Ramiro and the team. And the handle is at banktrustco, banktrustco. Thanks very much. And I will personally speak to you in in a few weeks, like three weeks or so. Bye-bye. Happy holidays. Bye.